0: Happy Monday, my friends. I'm back today with a topic that, again, I need more than anyone, (laughs) so I hope that you'll enjoy it too. When I decided to take a month-long break from airing new episodes of the show so I could focus on my health, I knew I wanted to carefully select these Encore episodes to go along with the theme of reclaiming your life when you feel overwhelmed. And for me, a huge part of that is reclaiming parts of myself that I feel like have gotten lost as I've gotten into the thick of motherhood, and for me, entrepreneurship. And I'm sure many of you feel that way too, regardless of whether or not you have a business, but you may look at yourself and realize there are some things that are really important to me that have gotten kind of lost over the years. Last week, I aired an episode about journaling, a hobby that I absolutely love, but that I've allowed to be kind of pushed to the back burner in the last few years as I've been busy producing the podcast. And you'll be happy to know that I really have prioritized um, record keeping again over the past couple of weeks. I've been sorting through my photos and getting those all organized. I've been writing in my one line a day journal every night And I've even taken some time on Sundays to journal a little bit more in depth. So I'm trying to reclaim that part of myself that I really love and that I've missed. And today I chose this episode because it represents another aspect of my life that I've kind of let go by the wayside in the past year. And that is friendshipping. Oh, and that makes me kind of sad to admit out loud. Because you guys, I used to be a really good friend. It's it's always been something... That's so important to me. I prioritize staying in touch with people from all the phases of my life and making sure that they know how loved and valued they are by me. But recently, I have not been doing that. I know that I've been a subpar friend this year. And that makes me feel sad, not just for those people who I may have hurt, but also it makes me feel sad for me because People bless my life so deeply and always have. My, my friendships have always been so life-giving to me, and I've been denying myself of that because I felt too busy to make the time to invest in those lasting relationships. So I'm committing no more of that. <laughs> Part of my pause has been to spend time with people I love And to write it on my calendar that I'm going to take breaks from work and spend more time with my friends even after this pause from my podcast is over. Do you relate to this? When you look in your heart, do you recognize that you've not been prioritizing your friendships the way that you used to? Do you miss the connection with other women who get you and laugh with you and build you up? If so, maybe you can join me in making this a priority again. I truly believe it's so important for our long-term happiness to have really good friends. And that just, that doesn't just happen. You really have to invest in it. I can't wait for you to hear this encore episode, which is one of my all-time favorites. So this is episode 79, how to stop being friendly and start being a friend. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. A few months ago, I read an article online that deeply pricked my heart, and I've never forgotten it. The article started like this. Today, I lost a friend. She was a widowed mother of two working full time to provide a life for her son and daughter. She was kind and energetic. She was happy and involved. We chatted as we picked up our boys from each other's houses and exchanged greetings over the back fence. She took my son to the splash pad and I had hers over for movie night. She was a good mom who loved her kids. But now she is gone, and I'm left wondering, did she know I was her friend? I was planning on getting closer to her. I wanted to have her family over for dinner. I thought about stopping by one day to help clean up the house. I meant to ask if I could take her kids so she could have a night off. Once life was a little less busy, I was going to take the time to really get to know her. My best intentions are now all too late. I hope she had close friends. I hope she wasn't lonely. I hope someone knew about her health problems and was watching out for her. It is incredible that in a world crammed full of people and buzzing with social media connections, so many of us feel all alone. I hope she didn't feel that way. I really wanted to be her friend. I was planning on it. I just hadn't gotten around to it. And so I have decided that being friendly is just not enough. Being a real friend is what matters. We need to know each other. We need to care. We need to love. We need to include and invite. Not everyone has a mother or sister or best friend waiting in the wings. Sometimes friendship is not easy. Sometimes relationships take work. Sometimes outgoing people are friendless. Sometimes we have to expand our circle until it is about to burst and we think we can't have one more person in our lives, but we can It's why we are here. What else is more important? This is the powerful first portion of an article called It's Time to Stop Being Friendly and Start Being a Friend, which was written by Brooke Romney for the Deseret News in Utah. I was actually familiar with Brooke's writing long before this article was written because honestly, everything she writes strikes me in a similar way. She has her own website called Brooke Romney Writes, and like I said, she's a columnist for the Deseret News in Utah. She also makes frequent appearances on Studio 5, a news show in Utah, for their family life segments. Brooke's wisdom and life perspective are always spot on and worded in such a way that you're like, yes, I feel that, but I've never quite been able to explain it. Her writing makes you think and want to change. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today to talk to us about how to stop being friendly and start being a friend. So Brooke Romney, welcome to 3 and 30.
1: Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here and really grateful for such a generous introduction. Thank you
0: well as you as you just heard, I love everything that you've written, and um so much of it has struck me over the years that I've been following you. But I decided that I wanted to ask you to talk about this today on the podcast because it really struck a chord with me, and i've I heard you talk about the article afterward on Studio Five. And you said that it really struck a chord with a lot of people. You said that you received hundreds of comments and emails about it. Um, So I was just wondering why you think people were so convicted by this particular article.
1: Well, it's interesting because I received two different kinds of emails. The majority of them said, you're right, I feel so lonely. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart to think of how many women... Out there feel lonely on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Then the other group um, emailed and said, I want to be better. What can I do? How can I be better about being a friend? How can I stop um, being, you know, either introverted or shy or just too busy or too lazy? I want to, I want to make a change and I want to be better. I don't want to feel like you did um, when your friend was gone. And so between the people that reached out feeling lonely and those that reached out wanting to be better, I felt like there was a large group of women who were ready to make a change in one way or another.
0: Right. Oh, that's so great. And I imagine you also got some pushback from people saying, how can we fit one more thing in? Like, don't, make, don't try to make us feel guilty. Did you get emails like that as well?
1: You know, it's interesting because I didn't get a lot, but I did get some heartfelt emails um, saying... I feel like I'm barely keeping up with my own life. How can I reach out? Um, It wasn't exactly pushback. I felt like it came in a really loving way, asking, what can I do? Is there something simple I can do to ease the burden of someone who's suffering, to help someone who needs me, um, to get out of myself, even if it's just for a few minutes, a couple of times a week, what can I do? And so I really love that the pushback was not so much in a defensive way, but in a way of saying, help me help me find a way to be better. And I loved it.
0: That is so great. So your three takeaways today are gonna be about how to be a friend or to make a friend if you're one of those lonely people, um, even when you're really busy or really overwhelmed with your own life. So let's just start with your first takeaway and tell us how we can do that.
1: Great, so my first takeaway is to take advantage of small opportunities to build friendships by being present. And, you know, this, I am as guilty as anyone else. The phones are a really great and easy way to escape dealing with regular life. And especially if you're shy or especially if you're feeling just in one of those moods that you don't want to interact, your phone can be a great way to be distracted and to look like you're not available. And so what I want to encourage people to do is to take opportunities um, to put their phone away and to connect with people. To, to connect with your eyes, to, to connect with your words. Um, you know, for example, if you are at your son's soccer game, it's easy to put your chair far away from everyone else, get your phone out and catch up on some emails, right? That, that's an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is I think we're forgetting how much we need personal connection. And so instead, get your chair out, set it up next to someone, keep your phone away and turn to the person next to you and start a conversation. And I know for some people that feels big and, and that feels really hard. And I felt that way also in the beginning of my life. When I just had started having kids, I didn't know all of my um, relationships were at work and that was easy. They were easy to come by work or family. And then when I had kids and I had to get out of myself, it was really difficult to just start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so think of a few things you can say, you know, think about, you know, if you're sitting down a soccer game, so how long has your son been playing soccer? Or do you guys live close by, you can start really simple conversations that can amazingly become great, deep friendships. You know, um, you you'd go to a school activity, and you can be completely distracted by your kids, or you can introduce yourself to the person standing next to you. You can go to the gym and go to an exercise class and stand in the back and not make eye contact with anybody because you feel silly at the exercise class. Or you can stand next to somebody and say like, hey, you know, I'm Rachel. How's it going? Have you been to this class before? Is this a great teacher? You know, something like that.
0: I love that. And I love the idea of having a few questions in mind, maybe in advance or before you start talking (laughs) to just think to yourself, okay, what can I say here? That wouldn't be awkward, but might start a conversation. Cause it is a little bit scary, especially if you're naturally shy, but, um, to just say, you know, did you grow up here, um, or anything to strike that conversation up and maybe you'll kind of get the cold shoulder and get rebuffed, but it's not the end of the world. You can think, Okay, that person doesn't want to talk to me. I'll turn to the next person. (laughs) You know,
1: it's so true because there are people who won't be interested in talking. But what I found is that there are more people who are. And um, even one of the greatest ways to create a friendship with someone is to tell them that you think their kid is awesome. You know, if their kid's playing soccer and he's doing a great job, you can say, oh, my, like, does he have older sisters that play soccer? He is so good out on the field. Mm -hmm. or. Find the kid in your um, son's kindergarten class that your son likes and say, you know, my son keeps talking about your son. He seems like a really great kid. I'd love to get them together sometime, you know, and, but it, it doesn't always come naturally to everyone. And so sometimes you really do have to push yourself to try and be present, to try and make those connections, you know, to try to notice something about someone and be willing to talk about it.
0: Yeah, and I've heard that to just start with an encouragement, like who doesn't like an encouragement? Um, even to just say, you know, I like your purse, like a little yes. compliment or encouragement to someone that can open up that conversation.
1: That's always great. I also love like starting with a question, like that's an awesome chair. Where did you where did you get that? I need one with a lot more support or, you know, anything like that. Any any way to open up a conversation is a great thing to start with. and. I've been surprised at how many of my real, deep, wonderful friendships have come from really superficial one-liners, you know, on a side thing <laughs> or in a class. So.
0: It's, like a, it's like a friend pickup line. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. And something else I love about this takeaway about taking advantage of small opportunities by just being present is like, it's not anything that you're fitting in or adding to your life. If your life is already really busy, it's like just wherever you already are, look around you and think, how can I use this opportunity to make a friend or to reach out to someone instead of... Um, scrolling on my phone mindlessly or gazing off, you know, I, it, or even instead of just sticking with my same group, because I think that yes. it can be easy. Like I go to church activities sometimes and I just sit with my same group because that's comfortable and fun when really I'm like, I'm here, I should utilize this opportunity to look around and notice who may be sitting by herself or someone I don't know, and walk over there and introduce myself. I'm. Yeah. This is a small opportunity. It doesn't take any extra time. I can make a new friend here tonight.
1: You know, I think that's exactly right. And I think that goes perfectly with the second takeaway. And it's to follow the advice that you give to your children about being a good friend. And... Most mothers, <clears throat> I'm sure, have said, look for that person who who is lonely. Don't let anybody sit by themselves at lunch. Somebody doesn't have to be just like you to be a friend. Go find out about them. Go get to know them anyway. You know, and it's so interesting because I think most of us would do really well to follow our own advice. Yes. But for some reason, it is so much harder as an adult to do those simple things that we ask our children to do. Right. Right. Uh, other little things, like if you're going to go to lunch with people to, to add one person to your circle, you know, mm-hmm. anybody who has teens knows how it feels when everyone gets invited to do something except your kid and your heart breaks for that for a minute. And you realize, you know, as you reflect on your own life, there's probably people that are feeling the exact same way that that are older, that are adults that maybe are looking for friendship or connection or something new in their life. So to follow those ad- that advice that you give to your kids.
0: Yeah, because I think that we all thought that we would grow out of that, you know, that that right. we would grow up and we wouldn't care as much about being included and we wouldn't be insecure anymore and all these things. But guess what? You never grow out of that. Like you always need friends. You always feel insecure in a new environment, just like you did when you were a teenager. And so the advice that you would give to children and teenagers about being and making friends, You're exactly right. Give to yourself. Follow your own advice. You know, and another one,
1: another piece of advice is that I always give my kids is look for the people that make you feel good, that make you feel happy, that bring you up and and seek after those people. And sometimes that's going to take a little bit of effort. You know, if you see someone or if you meet someone that you think, wow, you know, I really enjoy their company sometimes you're going to have to make the effort and kids are the same way, right? They just want everyone to call them and invite them over for a play date. They don't want to worry about it themselves and, and adults are the exact same way. So it's going to take some effort and friendship. And um, like I said, in the article, friendship often looks like work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to work, work hard at being a friend and making a friend. And, and I don't think it needs to feel overwhelming, but sometimes I feel like people are lonely. Um, And then, but they're unwilling to put anything in, to invest anything in a, in a friendship or relationship. You know, there's a lot of people who say, you know, I don't have any friends. I don't, I don't ever get out. I don't feel like I'm connecting with anyone. And then they get invited to something and they say, Oh, sorry, it's my cleaning day. And what I'm saying is sometimes you have to sacrifice to be, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. So sometimes if someone invites you to lunch on a Monday and it's your cleaning day, you have to clean on Tuesday because this is your chance to connect with someone and to get out and, and build friendships. And the same thing when somebody says, you know, do you want to swap kids so we can volunteer at the elementary school? And you don't really like babysitting other people's kids. Sometimes you just say yes, because you're going to babysit that person's kids and you're going to connect with them and they're going to watch your kids and you're going to have a lot of things in common. And so I think a lot of us are really a lot like our children where We just want 10 people to flock to us and tell us how great we are and invite us out to do great things, but we don't want to do that in return. And we need to make sure that we are putting the same amount of effort into being a friend. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And I also love what you said about do what they like to do sometimes. Like when when you have a friend, my son who's six, he'll have a friend come over and I hear him just kind of ordering his friend around and saying, we're going to do this and that. And I'm like, come on, Noah, like let him choose sometimes, you know? No. And yet some sometimes with me, when I get invited to do something, I'm like, oh, you know, crafts aren't really my thing. I'm right. not going to go to that. And it's like, well, she's excited about that. Like that yeah. is her thing. And I can go and support her or at least I can go and chat and eat and eat brownies while everybody else makes the craft, you know?
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, and what I've realized um, is that people are my thing. And so if it involves people, then I can go on a walk, even if I don't love the time of day that they're going or I can go craft and pretend to craft. I remember my um, my little sister likes to lift weights and she invited me to go to the gym with her. And I hate lifting weights. And so I literally went to the gym and she would look at me and say, are you going to lift weights at all? And I was like, no, I am just here to chat with you. So, you know, sometimes we do have to make some sacrifices in order to build our relationships.
0: You're like over there with the one pound weight. You're like pretending.
1: (laughs) She really would just look at me like, you're going to wake up this early to talk to me. And, you know, it was worth it for me. That relationship was worth it for me at that time in my life.
0: Yeah, that's great. So do you have any suggestions for somebody who may be thinking, um, you know, I have a close group of girlfriends, and I really trust them. And I enjoy my lunches out with them, because that's when I can really share my heart because they know me. Uh And, you know, is that bad to have my people? Um, What would you say to that? So I think it's wonderful. I think if you're someone who has found your
1: people, I think it is a wonderful thing. I don't think it releases you from the responsibility to make sure that other people have people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is so amazing is that friendship is different for everyone. And so while somebody might need those deep, enduring friendships and those nights out with the girls, All someone else needs is someone that will call them once a month and just check up on them and see how things are going or someone who can fill in for them when they can't get their child to, you know, dance practice or whatever it is. I have another friend um, who passed away and she and I had a relationship at the baseball fields, but it was a real relationship and she knew that I cared about her. And the interesting thing was, is, I felt, you know, we didn't go out to dinner. We didn't spend a whole lot of time together. But the difference between the two of those women was this one, I felt like knew I cared about her and I loved her. And it didn't take a whole lot more time from my life, but I followed through on the feelings that I felt, on the promptings that I had to let her know I cared and loved her. And it didn't take a lot of time, but it was just a different feeling between the two of them. With the one, I felt like it was a missed opportunity. And with the other, I felt like I had done what she needed me to do and I'd been who she needed me to be.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful. And I think that that leads really well into your third takeaway as well. What's your third takeaway?
1: So my third takeaway is don't overcomplicate friendship or wait for your life conditions to be perfect. And this one is probably my most important one because I know there are so many of us who say, you know, when I have lots of time, when my kids are all in school, I'm going to be such an awesome friend. Uh Or when my house is decorated perfectly, I'm going to have people over for dinner. You know, and I know all of us wish Studio McGee would sweep in and decorate every corner of our house, but (laughs) it's probably not going to happen. So those things are not worth waiting for. Um, we need to go ahead and take the small, simple steps to being a friend. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of examples of ways people have done this for me. Um, A girl in my neighborhood who I didn't know very well at the time, one day I got a text from her, and it was just a really heartfelt text telling her the difference she felt like I had made in the neighborhood and how grateful she was for my friendship. You know, that didn't take a lot of time for her, but Mm -hmm. it changed my day and then it changed the way i felt about her the next time i saw her our friendship was completely different it was deeper it was more honest and i realized you know she was actually someone who was a little bit shy and i wasn't sure if she liked me that much and so it completely changed things for me so you know send a heartfelt text to somebody who has made a difference in your life that's an easy way to start a friendship Mm. another way to do um that i feel like friendship has really been something that I can work on is I like to keep a couple things on hand, um, like soaps that were on sale or chocolate bars, things like that. Because for me, if it's someone's birthday, I like to stop by and drop something off and just tell them quickly how much I enjoy them being a part of my life. You know, it's not expensive. It's probably like a couple bucks, but it's a way for me to knock on the door and not feel silly without, you know, to to be able to increase a friendship with someone that way.
0: Yeah, and it's so great. It's like, if you see that on Facebook, instead of just like writing back on their wall, just grab one of your things and head over there really quick and drop something off.
1: You know, it's so true. I think of how many people in my neighborhood i wished a happy birthday on Facebook and it's a little embarrassing because <laughs> they're next door, right? I should probably walk on over and tell them happy birthday. <laughs> um, you know, and then I had someone else that emailed me and said, I don't have, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have any extra money and I don't feel comfortable having people over to my home. Like, what can I do? I want to be a friend, but what can I do? And I remember being in that situation. And one of the things that worked really well for me was to invite someone to meet me somewhere. Mm. Whether it, it was my favorite place to meet is a park. If you're if you're a mom and you have young kids, my favorite place to meet is at a park. It's really easy for everyone to come on their own time. It's easy for you to leave if you become you know, uncomfortable or if you're done with, a, with hanging out without asking people to leave your home. And it's a really great way to start some friendships to in, be able to invite a lot more people, expand your group, and be able to get to know people on a personal level um, without needing to clean your house, without needing to buy something for someone or to bring them dinner or to make it a big deal. I like inviting people along to places that I would have been going anyway. It's nice to have a friend. Yeah. So, those are some simple ways that I feel like, you know, sometimes we overcomplicate friendship and just reaching out and, you know, to remember that somebody is probably just like you. Would you feel weird if somebody sent you a kind text about how great you are? Probably not. You no, know, I, I think you, I
0: would love that. I welcome wouldn't that.
1: That would be awesome. <laughs> You know, would you, would you think someone was weird if they texted five of you and said, I'm going to the park today. Does anybody want to meet me there? Or if somebody dropped something off for your birthday and said, I just hope you have a great day. I've been thinking about you today. You know, sometimes I think we get so worried and nervous and, you know, oh, I don't want somebody to think I'm weird. Or I don't want somebody to think I'm, you know, trying to push so hard to be their friend, but I would never feel that way if someone did something kind for me.
0: Definitely. And you know, one of the things that I think is the most important thing about being a real friend is if you know that somebody's having a hard time or if they tell you that, or they confide that to, to simply follow up on that. Yes. And that can be a text. You know, I have friends all over the country that I know like different things are going on in their life And sometimes they'll come into my mind and I just shoot them a text and say, Hey, how's your daughter doing? Who I know was struggling with this thing or, you know, how's your health? Have you anything that they have mentioned to me in passing or publicly on Facebook? I just want them to know, I heard you like, I I heard that you were having a hard time. I care and I'm following up. You know, I
1: think we forget how important that is on an individual basis. And I love, love, love that suggestion. I remember when my grandma died, um, she and I were super close, but she was old and I didn't think, and, and she had been sick and I didn't think it would be that hard for me. And it was much harder for me than I imagined it would be. And I remember getting a couple of texts from people that I you know, hadn't seen in years, just saying like, I loved your grandma. I'm so sorry that she's gone. And even one of my husband's friends sent me a message and said, it's so much harder losing a grandparent than we think it will be. And it just touched my heart to think that he read that post about my grandma, you know, and, and cared enough about me because in that moment, that was exactly what I needed to hear. I thought, oh my gosh, this is so silly. She's in a better place. You know, she was sick and suffering. And when I read that text, I went, it's okay to, it's okay to be sad. I miss Mm -hmm. her. It's okay. Okay. And I think we forget the power that that individual connection has for each of us, whether it's over a text, whether it's in person, whether it's an invitation, you know, but I love how you said to follow up on those feelings. And that's where I think I may have gone wrong with my friend is I had so many feelings and so many promptings to do better and be better and to get closer. And I ignored them because I thought I had plenty of time to do those things.
0: Mm. Well, Brooke, it has been really inspiring to talk to you about this topic, and I'm definitely motivated to be a better friend, and not just like motivated, but also really hopeful that it's possible um, with these doable takeaways that you've given us and these ideas. So can you recap them? Can you just remind us what your three takeaways are? Of course.
1: So my three takeaways are take advantage of small opportunities to build friendships by being present. My second one is to follow the advice that you give to your children about being a good friend. And my third is to don't overcomplicate friendship or wait for your life conditions to be
0: perfect. Okay, thank you so much. And and listeners, if you want to follow more of Brooke's work, you can find her online at brookromney.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at brookromneywrites or on Facebook at brookromneywrites. She also has a fun um, series on there called Make a Connection Monday, where you post a different idea each Monday about how to reach out and connect with other people, right?
1: Yes. And it's been such a fun series. Um, People have really taken it to heart and figured out ways to connect with people. They're really simple, doable tasks that I challenge you to do each Monday sometime during the week to add connection into your life.
0: And that just goes so perfectly with this podcast. So make sure that you check that out. Um, and, And do you do that on both your website and your social media or just on social media? So that one's just on Instagram. Okay. So check out her Instagram, Brooke Romney writes to find that. Make a connection Monday. And to end Brooke, I wanted to ask you to read the rest of that article that I started with. So I read the beginning portion and I wanted us to be able to hear Brooke's own words and her voice reading the end of her article called, It's Time to Stop Being Friendly and Start Being a Friend.
1: Real friends call on birthdays and stop by just to say hello. Real friends watch out for your children and have your back when no one else will. Real friends do what is inconvenient, They make time for you and make you feel wanted. Real friends cry with you and want the very best for you. Real friends watch you make mistakes and forgive you. Real friends know you, really know you, and they love you anyway. This is who I should have been for her. It may not have made a difference today, but it may have made her previous days a little brighter, a little less difficult, a little more enjoyable, and a little less lonely. She may have had one more person in her corner. I could have been that person. I am now left wondering what was so important. A load of laundry, a soccer carpool, an email. It all seems frivolous now, as I think about her two children who are left wondering what's next. So for her, let's be better. Let's stop just doing what we're supposed to do and start truly caring and loving each other. It's more than a quick plate of cookies or a smile and a wave. Let's take time and even when we don't have any, let's slow down and see a need. Let's stop thinking about what is best for only our family. I will be better. I will find energy even when it feels like I am running on empty. I will listen when I want to talk, and I will pray for more strength when mine is gone. I will reteach myself how to be a friend, even to those who might be different, needy, or closed. And I will find joy in the process of loving, serving, and connecting with them. If the question arises, did she know I was her friend? I want to say with confidence, of course she knew. We were wonderful friends."
0: I'm so grateful to Brooke for sharing her writing and her wisdom with us today. I feel so inspired to stop allowing myself to be too busy and to start prioritizing being present with the people in my life. And it's not just the people in the here and now around me that I consider my friends. I actually do truly consider all of you as my friends. And I want to thank you for that, particularly for all the support that you've sent me during this month-long break. It touches me so deeply to receive an email from a listener who says that she's thinking about me or recommending a resource that she's loved for slowing down. I, I cannot thank you enough. I've also loved reading your reviews, they lift my spirits, and your input is really invaluable to me. I loved this review that was left recently by a woman whose screen name is Gazania11. So wherever you are out there, Gazania 11, I'm so grateful. And this is what she said. This is hands down my favorite podcast to listen to. I'm constantly sharing it with others, telling them to hop on the 3 and 30 train. Rachel, you're a breath of fresh air. I find you to be so relatable on so many levels. I always come away from the episode thinking, man, that was the best one. Only to think that after the next one I listen to. One thing I love about the podcast is that it's only once a week. Don't get me wrong, the content is amazing, but it's easy to get sucked in and distracted from the thing that should be first and foremost, my family. So I appreciated it when you said in your recent episode that you've made the decision to not do more than one episode a week. I wish you the best on your time away from the podcast. Thank you so much. That was such a kind and generous review. And I especially love that she gave me some feedback in that review on what she likes and what she wants particularly on the frequency of the episodes. I really do take your input to heart, so thank you for leaving your ideas and comments in those reviews, and you're always welcome to shoot me an email with further thoughts. If you haven't left a review yet, now is the time. I will be reading them, and they're really meaning a lot to me during this month off. I love this community, I love all of you, and I love this time that I've had to rest and recalibrate this month. We'll have one more week of an Encore episode, and it's a good one, probably one of the biggest pieces of my heart so far to air on this podcast. And then we'll be back to new episodes. So thank you for hanging in there with me, and I hope that you have a great week with your family.